Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. I'm Michael Anderson, and today we have Tom Prinz. He is an author and a marriage and family therapist. He's done some wonderful work with a number of great books on this topic. I'm really excited about the interview. And as always, we hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by Geico Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of Geico Local Office, 805 487 7847. Michael Anderson, Chief Investment Officer at Maranatha Financial. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Maranatha's investments on this program. All opinions expressed by participants on this program are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Maranatha Financial or its affiliates. For more information, visit Maranatha.com. It's time for Big Money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson, bringing you a feature interview, a local nonprofit spotlight, and some financial wisdom. Get local and relevant information for the 805. For show notes and more information, go to maranatha.com. And now here's your host, Michael Anderson. And Tom, we're here at the one-year mark. It's been one year going on into the second year now of Big Money in the 805. And it's really been fun. The show has kind of morphed into a community show where we do this feature interview. I've really enjoyed that over the time and and kind of talk a little bit about the financial stuff. Um, not too much really at all, but, uh, but it's been a very good thing to have this show for a year and it's been a lot of fun, but definitely evolved into this idea that I love getting community information out to people that hopefully they're getting some relevant information and maybe learning something from from show to show. Definitely have. You've brought in community leaders, uh, business folks from the local uh, colleges, universities. People like Kevin Costner have come on to uh, talk about the huge benefit for the Thomas Fire victims. You did a heavy, heavy stretch on everything that happened with the Thomas Fire. You've talked about water issues, just a lot of stuff that's happening in the community. And sometimes through your public service, you know, working with Rotary and all of that, it's in a way, it's it's such a good sign that your your senses go to community, but you do have this ability. Your education, your school, your life, your business is helping people with their finances, and you are a guy of the community. You're with the Rotary. I I see you everywhere, and uh, you know we've done a few things together. You golf. You're out there. Uh, you got kids. You know you you are a guy of the town. If people do want to, just start saving. You know, it's like you think, I'm going to start doing something good now. I'm going to join a service club. I'm going to do something like that. But start doing something good for yourself and your family too by saving and making sure that you're going to be comfortable and you're making the right monetary decisions for your family. And I do think you should present a little bit on that because that's your life along with the public service. Yeah, initially I was thinking I would do a lot of financial shows, but in actuality I've only done a little bit on the financial stuff and and try and throw an ad at the end of each show about financial stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, but as far as that goes, I've really enjoyed doing the community stuff. So that's been the draw and that will continue to be the focus of the show, but I do want to add in a little bit of stuff periodically about financial tips and ideas and things like that. That is the business that I'm in and that's where I think People can really get a lot of help if there's any confusion about their financial life. You should benefit by having a little help from someone. And and if you don't have a someone, a financial planner advisor, I would be happy to talk with you. And that's kind of the other part of the message I try and get out over the course of the show. But uh, And you are a longtime citizen of this beautiful community. <laughs> You've been here uh, through your, your schooling 
all the way up to uh, now having your home here with your, your wife and your kids. So born, a man born, of the community, <laughs> a Rotarian, <laughs> and a guy on the radio. Hey, thank you, Spence. That's very kind. Hey, well, let's jump into our feature interview. I'm really excited to have Tom Prinz on the show. And today we're talking with Tom Prinz, author and clinical psychologist. Tom has spent over 35 years as a marriage and family therapist in private practice here in Ventura. Tom has written six books. He's semi-retired on December 1st, moved up to Oakland. He moved up to Oakland to be closer with his adult children and two granddaughters. Tom and his wife, Pam, have recently celebrated 50 years of marriage. They have three adult children and four grandchildren. Tom, thanks for being on the program today. Thank you very much, Mike, for inviting me. I appreciate it. Well, your books are wonderful. I've, I've really enjoyed reading you know, these books, and, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about a few of them here in a moment. Tell me first, how, how did you get into the idea of writing books, going from you know, family and marriage counseling and as a therapist into now being an author? What, how did that kind of start out the, out the gate? Maybe we can answer that question first. I wasn't expecting that question, but I, I know the answer pretty quickly. Uh, I was counseling with a lot of people, and it seemed like I couldn't reach all the people that I was counseling with or people that wanted counseling. You know, I had a long waiting list and stuff, so I thought, well, maybe I ought to put it in book form. So since I had done a lot of seminars and lectures, it was pretty easy to put it into a book form. And then then, uh, there was a break in my schedule, and I got to devote a little bit more time to writing, but pretty much trying to reach more people. You've done a good job just making it very accessible. It's it's good information. It's easy to read. Let's get into it. We'll talk about your first two books. First one, Dragon Slaying for Parents and Dragon Slaying for Couples. What are the dragons when you say dragon slaying? You kind of use them as a metaphor. Maybe describe what these idea of dragons, what they are and where they come from. Yeah, I gave a lot of seminars before on the tools parents needed, you know, like praising kids or time out or those kinds of things. And then once I got into private practice, I realized people can't apply those tools very easily because of dragons, which are issues they bring into their adulthood from their childhood. You know, two examples could be if they bring low self-esteem into their adulthood or childish strategies that they learned as a kid but don't work as an adult. Those, those are dragons that can interfere with uh, all relationships in the future. And in your book, uh, you know, I was enjoying it, but you talk about in some ways how they, the dragons can get bigger over time if you don't address them. And, uh, but if, if you do address them, you can kind of you know, make them smaller and you can now deal with them and it's not as much of a big issue. I really enjoy that approach toward yeah. the idea uh-huh. of, of dragons. Do you see a lot of adults have dragons that, you know, that, that get bigger, not smaller? I mean, is that a common, a common issue that you see? Absolutely. And just backing up a second, I think I got the dragon's term from a child book by Jack Kent called There's No Such Thing as a Dragon, where the little boy keeps telling his mom there's a dragon and she ignores it till it gets so big it runs away with their house. So yeah, most adults, I would say all adults bring some dragons into their adult world yeah. and they might not affect them right away, but eventually they will cause problems if they go ignored. It seems like as an adult, and, and I recognize this with my parents as well, there are some issues that are clearly there, but we're not aware of them or we don't want to be true to realize them and, and you know, because then we'd have to deal with them. But uh, let's talk about your book. You have this additional book called Winning at a Losing Game. We're going to give away a few copies of this book. You can call the phone number and get this book. Phone number is 805 807 3727. We have a limited number of copies we're going to give away for free. We'll mail these to you. You can call the number 
3727. So in this book, you're, you talked about dealing with life issues before it becomes a crisis. And see, many adults get regular checkups with their dental checkups or their car maintenance when they're experiencing problems there, but there's not really many that get a, a checkup for, for themselves and their relationship. And tell us, what has been your goal in writing this book, Winning at a Losing Game? Well, my goal is just kind of what you just stated, to get people to address issues before they're in a crisis, you know, before their spouse files for divorce or before a teenager gets into drugs or just before a lot of uh, crises to come about. Uh, so there's chapters in the book like you need to change if your self-esteem is low or it's important to change if your life's not in balance. So I try to challenge people with each of the chapters on see if, this, see if you identify with this chapter and might want to make some changes in this area. I like a quote from that book, and I think it's so true, talks about the idea that a lot of people underestimate the benefits of, of change and they overestimate the costs you know, with that being the case, you can see why a lot of people don't try to get help. You know, they're underestimating the benefit of the change and overestimating how much, you know, mental energy and maybe physical dollars it's going to cost for that change. What can you tell us about that? Well, going back to, we talked about the, what are the dragons. One of them is, I think the biggest dragon of them all is that many people learned as a kid that when they're in pain to pretend to not talk about the pain. And naturally, all kids feel powerless. So when people are in pain and they pretend and feel powerless, they're not going to move forward. huh? They're just going to ignore the pain and ignore the pain until it gets so big a crisis occurs. I've but I, I think I'll always think that's the biggest dragon of them all is the childish strategy to pretend when you're in pain and to feel powerless. I've certainly... Uh done that at times in my life. And sometimes it's worked a little bit, but I, I guess maybe I feel like it works well on the short term, but on the longer term, I think that's, it gets bigger and, and can become a bigger problem if I'm kind of overusing that strategy, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but what would be a healthy way to, to address that is just deal with the issue currently and not try to pretend that it's not there. Yeah. For people to, well, just to do a mental health checkup, winning at a losing game, is just that it helps people who may be feeling just fine to look at different areas of their life and see if that's an area that they ought to be looking at. I think I probably haven't looked at it lately, discussed eight to 12 different areas of your life where you might want to make changes if certain things are not going well. There are small chapters in here, so it's very um, accessible, but we are going to be giving away a limited number of copies of this book. You can call 805 807 3727. You can call that number right now and get a free copy mailed to you. Uh, we're going to give away 15 of these. So that is that with winning at a losing game. You also mentioned the idea of a diagnostic test that adults can take to determine what they ought to work on. Uh, it sounds like kind of an emotional x-ray maybe. You can kind of maybe get a feel for what needs to happen. But tell me about this test. It's known as the Taylor Johnson Temperament Analysis. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I use the, I've used the test all my counseling career over 30 years. It basically has 180 questions that you can answer yes or no. And what comes out of that is uh, ideas about is the person depressed, nervous, argumentative, unsympathetic, too impulsive. And another good aspect of the test is when I work with couples, a husband can do the test as far as how they see their wife and vice versa. So then you get an idea from another perspective what other people are seeing 
in, in yourself and stuff. So it's, I don't know how people do it without that test, but it's been very helpful to me over the years. I think it's important. I mean, it really struck me the idea that this is a test you've been using for 30 years and you've loved it from the beginning and you still love it now. I mean, that says something that you've had so much experience using this and you still find a lot of value and relevance in it. And so that is very good. Now, is that test in the book or is that something aside from the book that you, that you can offer them for free? I mentioned that in the book it's, uh, as far as what the test does and things like that. Uh, I think there are ways people can go online to take it. Yeah, there's, now, there's uh, a website listed in the book there. Winning at a Losing Game is the book we're talking about. And we're going to go into the book that is my favorite book that you've done. And, and I've, I've went through and really enjoyed this book. But the title caught me right from the get. The first pictorial self-help book for men who don't read. And, <laughs> and this book was great because this book is filled with wonderful illustrations from the local artist. It's really wonderful that you have these. Tell us about these illustrations. Well, I work with I work with Chris Martinez, a very well known Ventura artist, uh, and he did pictures and uh, to describe different situations in five of my six books. And got the idea from a friend of mine, why don't you do a picture book? Because a lot of men don't read. So I put together about 100 of Chris's drawings that he had done over the years for me and divided into personal, marriage, and parenting issues. So that each, on the left side of the page is a picture, and on the right side is a brief description of what the picture is supposed to say. But I thoroughly enjoyed working with Chris all those years, and unfortunately he passed away about three or four years ago. But I was able to get the book done so that he could see it before it and know that it was going to be coming out, which made me happy. Let me throw a few of these at you. And I have the book in front of me. I'm enjoying the pictures that Chris has created. And I'm also enjoying, you know, there's one page of analysis on here and they're all very poignant, but maybe we can start. I can just give you one or two and you could, you could answer a little bit about them. So I'm looking at the picture now. It's of a boy with just some puzzle pieces, a few of them that he's kind of finding underneath the couch cushion. And it says, a boy with some puzzle pieces. What can you tell us about this concept or this idea? Well, that's an interesting one, because uh, the story is a family had this tradition of putting puzzle pieces on the table and then putting it together, but they didn't have the picture of what the puzzle was. So the boy, three or four, wasn't really involved in, in this process, but they got the puzzle almost done, and there were five or six pieces that are missing, and the mother asked the three-year-old boy, where are these? And he lifted up the cushion of the couch and said, oh, they're all under here. These are all the dark black parts that look like spiders and clouds and stuff that I didn't like. So he was hiding all the dark stuff, all the black stuff, and the point of the picture is when they got it all put together, it was a picture of a beautiful sunset. So going to say even the dark pieces make up our life and we need to look at those parts not put them under the sofa we're talking with tom prins author and clinical psychologist we're going through his book the first pictorial self-help book for men who don't read and it is a great book because there are kind of one pagers and wonderful graphics on there i'm looking at one now it says the woman nagging her husband who is drinking and, uh, and there's a great picture there uh, tell us about this one well, a lot of people will nag uh, an alcoholic or somebody about things that they're doing, and uh, nagging somebody and trying to be their parent isn't going to help somebody to not drink. Nagging is 
would be called enabling, which is not a good thing to do. Just like ignoring the problem would be enabling. But uh, nagging can be hard for people to see as, as enabling, but it's definitely something that won't help another person change. A couple more I want to give you. I mean, and these really are these really are great. How, there's one of a family. It's a picture of a family. It looks to be the perfect family, husband, wife, and a boy. And they're kind of standing with one of those uh, pictures that look like they're putting their heads through. And it looks like a perfect family. But behind the wall, you can see the boy's holding a, holding a sign that says help. So it says the family that's really looking uh, happy but maybe needing some help. What can you tell us about this scenario? Yeah, don't we see that a lot where people just act like the whole family's okay and they have a wonderful marriage or a wonderful family and then you find out they're filing for divorce or something that uh, that can go back to that biggest dragon of them all when in pain to pretend, act like things are okay or feel things are okay when they're really not, when that dragon is growing and growing. There are so many good ones and, and that's the point I think of this book is that you can quickly peruse through and uh, find different pictures that catch you, and then read uh, just the one-page description of the scenario with a little bit of advice, a challenge to kind of work on that issue and where that would go. So beautiful that you've done all the work on this and laid it out so nicely, talking with Tom Prinz in the first pictorial self-help book for men who don't read, illustrated by Chris Martinez. And there's another book, actually there's two more that we want to talk about, and one's called Changes, One Person Can Make a Difference. Tell us about the this book, Changes, One Person Can Make a Difference. Well, as one example, I'm sure, I hate to think over the years how many uh, women who seek changes in a marriage, usually before the man, how many women have not gone to counseling because their husband wouldn't go to counseling thinking it won't do any good. But I strongly believe one person can make a difference if they go about it the right way and if they address the appropriate issues. So that's where that book came out of, trying to encourage or empower the person that wants to make changes to proceed with trying to make those changes in a healthy way. Now, oftentimes, and I've seen this with a few friends, the female is looking to say, hey, let's do some counseling. And the male is kind of ignoring that there are issues and saying, I don't want to go to counseling. I don't want to do that. You know, does it make sense for one person to go to counseling when if the other one is not willing to? Or how should that scenario play out? How can it play out in a way that's healthy? Absolutely. If one person is not happy with a relationship, uh, they should seek counseling to become empowered to know how to work towards changing the situation in a healthy way. As I say, many people don't go to counseling for their marriage because their spouse won't go. But women usually will go before men because they become unhappier in a relationship before men. Women often will deal with their childhood more readily than men. So to me, they're the natural candidate to initiate changes. Unfortunately, women get upset with that because often it's the man that's creating the problems. But the book is meant to empower women or whoever wants to make changes to go ahead with that process to initiate that. The final book I want to mention today is called The Lost Aspect of Love, and it deals a lot with sympathy in a relationship. Can you first tell us about sympathy and and how that's important in a relationship and how that's often missed? Yeah, I'll go back to that temperament test we talked about, because one category says, are you sympathetic or unsympathetic? And I could be talking to a person for months and say to them, I don't think you're very sympathetic, it'd be easy for them to say, oh, yes, I am. But if I have that test that shows by their own answers to questions that they aren't, then I can stay on point a lot more. So I just found a lot of people have trouble giving sympathy, they have trouble receiving sympathy, and they have trouble asking for sympathy. So those things are all covered in the book.
book along with some great illustrations from Chris again. And sympathy, I mean, that that is one <laughs> that really becomes a problem sometimes. I definitely feel like I struggle with that sometimes, giving sympathy, but also receiving sympathy. And, and often, uh, personally, I, I notice that uh, you know I don't want to make my problems someone else's problems. What, what, what are some issues that I might you know, have in front of me with using that strategy? Well, like you said, or I said, uh, a lot of people didn't get sympathy growing up. They just learned to stuff their feelings, keep them down. And I've discussed with people, a lot of people intent versus impact. If you do something to your wife and the impact is really hurts her feelings, you need to be sympathetic to that. Oftentimes people will stick with the intent. Well, I didn't intend to do that. I didn't intend to do that. And they ignore the impact of what they did and they don't address the impact they defend themselves with trying to explain their intent that is so well said and there's just so much knowledge in these books that you've written over 30 years of experience in family and relationship counseling Um, we're speaking with tom prins he's clinical psychologist he is semi-retired i'm gonna say but he's the author of these books they're wonderful you can get a free copy we're giving away a limited number 15 of these uh you can call 805-807-3727 you can get 15 be one of the first to get winning at a losing game you can also call tom directly to speak with him and try and get some more information about these books or other help that you may need tom any final thoughts or the before we close out the interview today Well, just a minor point. I'm licensed as a marriage and family therapist and a school psychologist, so I'm not a clinical psychologist. I just need to (laughs) clarify that. (laughs) Clinical psychologist usually has a PhD, which I don't have, so I wanted to be clear on that. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you today, Tom. That is Tom Prins. He is an author, number of wonderful books, The Lost Aspect of Love, Winning at a Losing Game, Changes, Dragon Slaying for Parents and Couples, the first pictorial book, self-help book for men who don't read. Tom, thanks for your time today. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much, Mike. Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805. Nonprofit Spotlight. Each week we highlight a local nonprofit doing good work in our community. Today's Nonprofit Spotlight is brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. And today we have Heather Donatini from the Bumblebee Foundation. She's here as our Nonprofit Spotlight. It's a real treat to have you on the program. Thanks for being on today, Heather. Well, thank you so much for having me. Let's start by uh, sharing a background. Give us the, the history behind the Bumblebee Foundation. Sure. So um, to start, my husband and I uh, had a son named Jaron who was almost three years old when he was diagnosed with a very rare form of liver cancer called hepatoblastoma. And our son Jaron fought for 18 months um, and ultimately earned his angel wings at the age of four and a half. And so um, going through pediatric cancer is something that no parent ever would even think happened to them. And there's an entire world out there that is devoted to kids with cancer, a whole floors of hospitals. And so being thrown into that, watching your child fight for their life is the most difficult thing a parent can go through. And so we saw a a need. And so we formed the Bumblebee Foundation in Jaren's memory. And basically we support pediatric cancer families going through the same thing that we did. And 
support can come in many ways. Oftentimes it's financial and it literally can be anything from a $5 Starbucks gift card for a parent who literally has not slept in days to helping a family pay their rent or mortgage because the breadwinner has had to take so much unpaid time off of work to be with their child. You know, that's no choice that a parent should have to make, you know. And so that's what Bumblebee does. We're kind of a, a conduit of love to these families and that are going through the same thing that we went through. And you're here in Ventura County. What's the reach of the help that you offer? Is it regional? And can you give us some more examples of the type of things that you do to help these families? Sure, sure. We actually do help nationwide. However, uh, that assistance out of state is limited so that we can help the families in our own backyard. And we are based in Thousand Oaks. The way that the process works is we get the form from the, the social worker. And then once we receive the form, then we work directly with the families. And so sometimes maybe on the form, the, the social worker say that the family just needs help with grocery cards or gas cards or something simple like that. And then I call this family and I realize that, wait a second, there's something else going on. They really need something different. And so in talking with the families and having been in their shoes, we understand a little bit more of where they're coming from. For example, we had one kiddo who was in um, high school and she had no Wi-Fi. And so she wasn't able to complete a lot of her coursework because she had no Wi-Fi, and so Bumblebee paid their, their bill for them. We're talking with Heather Donatini from the Bumblebee Foundation. You can get more information. Go to bumblebeefoundation.org. It is bumblebeefoundation.org. You're correct. Heather, tell us about the Bumblebee Foundation regarding how people can get involved and support the efforts that you're working to help these families going through pediatric cancer situations. Sure. So there's a few ways that that people can get involved. One is we have a big annual fundraiser every year in July. We also have a couple of different programs that uh, Bumblebee does. One is our holiday adoption that takes place around the holidays. And what we do is we adopt 50 pediatric cancer families and we receive a wish list, a personalized wish list from each kid in the family, not just the cancer kiddo, but the siblings too. We need so many busy bees and so many helpers. We have people, we need people to to donate to make this possible. It's about $500 to adopt an entire family. And if we adopt 50, you can, you know, add that up. It adds up quickly. Parents receive gas cards and gift cards to help offset some of their costs. And then literally people can get involved from just shopping and wrapping to delivering to there's many levels for them to get involved in. The other thing is we're going to be adding some events to our calendar shortly. So if you go to bumblebeefoundation.org or if you follow us on social media or Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we'll be announcing some of those upcoming events. We always need help to make those events happen. So there's quite a few different ways. Our nonprofit spotlight today is the Bumblebee Foundation. You can learn more at bumblebeefoundation.org. Heather, thank you for all your work and uh, good luck to you and the foundation. Thank you so much. Well, that does it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. Special thanks to the team at Boyd & Associates providing home security to Southern California and to Greg Mock from GEICO Local Office. If you have questions about the show or questions about your financial matters, you can always contact me at marinantha.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Or give me a call to leave a message at 805-665-3767. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next time.
Hi, this is Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. I've dedicated the past 12 years to researching different investment ideas. There are no guarantees when investing, but with a little help, you can find the right approach. I have built AllocationLink.com specifically for you. AllocationLink.com is investment management made simple, smart, and low cost. AllocationLink.com can have your account set up in less than 10 minutes. Please visit AllocationLink.com to learn more. Or you can leave me a message at 805-665-3767. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately, 805-665-3767.